0: Welcome to the Generation Voids podcast, The Retail Warzone.
1: Without any further ado, our guest this evening... I've known this gentleman since high school. Uh, his name is Chris. And in some circles, they know him as Hulk. Show us your guns. Go ahead. <laughs> Welcome to the gun show, ladies and gentlemen. So oh, Chris, Chris and I have a little bit of history in retail. We worked uh, together at Blockbuster Music, which is no longer in existence. I know a lot of people know about Blockbuster Video. Blockbuster Music, was that was something else. We also worked for a red drugstore, which is where um, I'll tell you things that you probably shouldn't do after you turn in your notice. And, but, you know,
0: I I can tell you something you shouldn't do after turning in your notice, too.
1: And and then from there, Chris went to uh, the now defunct um, Eckerd Drugs. So, yes. we're going to have a lot of tales from the drug industry. So, welcome, Chris. Tell us a little bit about Steve, yourself.
0: I got to, Steve, I got to tell you, man, I've been, you know, listening to the podcast since you started. And many times I've thought to myself, you know, it would be great if these DMs and corporate scumbags that we talk about all the time were listening in. This would be the show that I would really want them to hear. You know, the the, the, the DMs, the, the RVPs, the corporate guys who make life so miserable for so many human beings, this would be the one I'd want them to kind of drop in on.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to have one of them on and let them, you know, tell us how they forgot where they came from and explain why they're assholes to everybody. <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be a lot of fun. And with the group of people we have that watches, I mean, um, that'd pretty much eat everybody alive. So...
0: Yeah, I don't think they would survive. No, long.
1: no. The, the, the group of folks that we have that be that be that be rough. They might want to quit their job after that, yeah. you know. But yeah, I mean, and that's yeah. a large part of of what we try to do is is you know, kind of get at them. Um you know, I am still hoping to have more hourly associates on because, I mean, they really get the brunt of it. You know, we can talk about good managers and bad managers all day long, but th- those those folks yeah. are the ones that have to deal with the good managers and the bad managers. So, but I understand, you yeah. know, it's a little yeah. it's a, it's a, it's sketchy for some people. I mean, they might not want to to you know dip their toe in the pool quite yet until they're like way wrong you know and
0: and they're they're ready to go so well you guys are doing good work though we try this this needed to happen this 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 podcast (laughs) needed to happen and i know there's others out there you know uh that are out there doing kind of what you're doing too but this is you know this is where it starts it starts at the ground level, exactly
1: and you know we try you know that's why i like having people on. i like people telling their own stories i i mean i've talked about this ad nauseum that you know i'll read people you know people stuff but you know it's kind of hard to verify you know somebody could feed me a lot of shit or whatnot but you know, if I've got somebody on telling their own gig, well, Hey, if they lie, that's on them, it's not on me. So, you know, I I don't want to get, um, uh, you know, drugged through on all that, but you know, it, it's something that, you know, I toyed with the idea of doing something like this about five, six years ago, uh, started a blog called the retail blogs, but you know, I was still a retail manager and I just didn't have time. It started out. Okay. And it kind of you know, fell by the wayside, mm-hmm. and then thanks to COVID, I found myself in a position where I was like, "Hmm, I ain't got nothing better to do." So, what, the, what the hell? Yeah. So,
0: but the the two favorite shows that I've had so far, uh, the first one was the one you did about the RVP coming to oh, town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you just the, the whole show. I'm nodding my head because, and, and by the way, the the trick you pulled in the hobby store about switching the stuff or the merchandising around a little bit to cover that was brilliant that was absolutely it just shows how
1: much they don't pay um, attention
0: and then the other of my favorite shows was when you had the two ladies on uh, i think uh, i can't remember their names talk mad my dog head, and iron maiden show too yes how could i forget iron i know maiden? how could i forget that uh but yes
1: nice shirt by the way
0: oh yeah <laughs> um i was just telling alex before he came on the air i had a chance to go see them in uh, Atlanta a few years ago, but couldn't get off work, and I and I hate myself for it because they're not going to go out to me. But hey,
1: time. you've got to see so. the cult, so there's that.
0: Absolutely. Well, I, in Atlanta, as a matter of fact, was the last time I saw. It. I went to the Tabernacle. Uh, uh, what's the, what's the Satanic Church? <laughs> yeah, Tabernacle. The uh, concert venue. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, you, you can't see that and not think of that Mickey Rourke movie where, where Robert De Niro was the devil. You can't go in that place. I've,
1: I've seen that. some great shows there. Uh, uh, I saw Paul Stanley solo there. Yeah. I saw um, him there. Okay, That was awesome. Um, uh, it's a great yeah. venue. So let's talk a little bit first about Blockbuster Music. So for you guys who don't know, Blockbuster decided, hey, we're going to open up a music store. And here in South Carolina, where it was located, Chris, I don't know if you remember. So we were located on Haywood Road, and mm-hmm. yep. within walking distance was the mall that had a Blockbuster Music yes. in there as well. And yes. it was like, yes,
0: we were literally thirty feet from our competition, and it was yeah,
1: us. and and it was uh, it was just insane. It was like, uh, why why do you even do that? Uh, we had probably one of the most weaselly district managers I've ever met in my life. Um, and which I I don't know at the time we were there, um, no limit records. You remember Chris, no limit records. There was a new release every week from masterpiece camp. Mm -hmm. And people would just show up. Yes. And, and it was all garbage. I mean, it was terrible. and uh, But our prices were higher than everybody else's. Um, and yeah. we sold books. You remember that shit? We had that whole book section in the back. I do. And it was like...
0: Do you remember when those guys, the records were coming out as they showed up on WCW television? Do you remember that? And They got into the the, 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 the pro wrestling thing was going on yeah. at the same time they were releasing all those records. Yeah.
1: Where where yeah. we got all the soundtracks? Yes. Now yes. the cool thing about working there was the fact that you were working in, you know, the music business basically, and you could get a hold of like your different reps from like Sony and BMI and all these other different record companies, and you could ask for like free copies. And it's cool because yep. Chris, I still have somewhere in a box my promo copy of Kiss Carnival of Souls, and on the front of it, embossed in Boston, <laughs> gold, says not for resale. Promo copy, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that was cool, cool, cool shit. And uh,
0: but to speak was that the was that the first time that we saw Tommy Thayer dressed as Ace Freely, and we were like, that's that's not, it's not Ace. No, Freely.
1: no, that was that was well after that. Well, well after that. Was it after? Yeah, Carnival of, Carnival okay. of Souls was their last non makeup record, and it was right. It was it was okay. right before the reunion. So.
0: Okay, I'm I've got Tommy Thayer <laughs> on the
1: brain. Okay. Uh, that's right. sad. But um speaking of wrestling, so we sold tickets and we were we were a yes. ticket master venue. Now Chris
0: By I was the way, about to say a Blockbuster video or Blockbuster music, music yes.
1: We we Let's were see. a ticket master venue. Alex
0: What was Blockbuster Steve, music? I've only known of going to Blockbuster Alex, for renting Steve games. Steve refers to Blockbuster Steve refers to Blockbuster music as Blockbuster music. I refer to that period in my life as how I learned to hate Ticketmaster.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, um, Alex. Blockbuster Music literally was like um, if you imagine Fye without like all the the pop culture stuff, and it was just selling music. That's why Block there was. Blockbuster Music was a chain of stores that was seriously it was a music store sold CDs, cassettes. You know, the whole, whole nine yards. But but Ticketmaster. Now, now Chris, I don't know if you ever had this experience. You had these guys that were ticket scalpers. And they would come in first thing in the morning, like on big concert ticket release days. And I'll never forget, there was uh, Elton John was coming to Charlotte. And it was a really big deal. But for some reason, nobody showed up to Blockbuster that day to buy tickets. But this one dude, he gets there before the store opens. He, I let him in. And he could tell you exactly what to punch into the computer to get exactly what seats he wanted. I sat here with this guy for 30 minutes doing all these tickets, right? So I, I get this guy all these tickets and then he pays and then he hands me $200 cash. I'm like, thanks. I'm like, oh, well, that's nice. But you didn't, were you there? You didn't get to participate in the nitro thing, did you?
0: Uh, no. Uh, I don't know if you remember. I was working two jobs back Okay. Then. Um, I had a daytime gig and then I would come and work for you at night, basically. Uh, from yeah,
1: yeah. So, so Alex will love this. So, Ticketmaster, when you figure out how to use the computer, you've got your on sale dates and you've got your on sale times. So, there's a certain time where the tickets kick in and you can actually punch them in and get them to customers. So, mm-hmm. this was a Monday night Nitro in Charlotte. All right. Mm-hmm. And so, me. And some of the boys, we decided we want tickets. And if you did it, and if you <laughs> did it fast enough, and and I was able to pull this off. I think there were five or six of us that went. I was able to get the first six tickets out of the batch as we were rolling live, and those six tickets happened to be on the aisleway where the wrestlers walked down. So so nice. I printed out those tickets, put them over to the side. And then went through and sold to everybody or whatnot, and then, after the tickets sale was over and everybody left, you know, we pulled our money to get together and paid for him. But that Nitro was the first Nitro that Bret Hart was on
0: after the Montreal screw well, up. no he
1: he showed up, I believe to Starcade first. And
0: okay. No, yeah, because yeah, he did show up to WCW first, and that's what
1: resulted has, in the Montreal Screwjob. No, 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 no. Montreal right. Screwjob is why he came to WCW. So, oh, yeah, okay. so, but anyway, he, he showed up at the pay-per-view for Sting versus Hogan, and then there was a Monday Night Nitro in Charlotte a few weeks later, and that was Bret Hart's first Nitro debut, and that was crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, I, I didn't really have a lot of weird shit happen, a blockbuster did you chris
0: uh just a lot of theft oh yeah a lot of a lot of people doing the the dining dash especially
1: on us. the master p records oh lord um
0: and you know you felt bad for, you felt bad because you had to keep the shit locked up behind the yeah <laughs> behind the oh. counter but you know it was it was walking out on us you know i mean it was walking out on us in drones. i do
1: i do remember the most painful thing i ever had to go through there was a mid midnight release for garth brooks sevens and <laughs> They had us cater and barbecue for a midnight release sale for a fucking Garth Brooks record. And then Garth Brooks was coming to Charlotte. And this is the longest line I've ever seen anywhere in my life, to be honest with you. So tickets go on sale for Garth Brooks to come to Charlotte. And the line was practically down Haywood Road. Of people standing in right. line to buy these tickets. And so they come through. Right. And, we, and, and and you couldn't go to the bathroom. I mean, you were stuck at the Ticketmaster machine this entire time. Nobody, If somebody wanted to buy something, they were just shit out of luck. They couldn't get in anyway because the line of Garth Brooks and cowboy hats everywhere. But anyway, so it went through. And the first show sold out. And then I get a phone call. And they're like, don't shut it down yet. He's trying to decide if he's going to do another show. Then all of a sudden they announce a second show so we go through okay. so he wound up announcing three consecutive shows in Charlotte and so we did this ticket thing yeah. and yes. <laughs> listen Amy um, but it's that was the largest pile of money I've ever had sitting in front of me because ticketmaster was all cash you couldn't pay with cards and That's so right. after right. the after these Garth Brook tickets went on sale I had to go back to my Pissed little office. You remember? It was like a closet in the back of the store. Do you remember that? How big the office was? It wasn't that yeah. big. So, yeah, it
0: wasn't. That, wasn't
1: and that it big. was like the it was like a cartoon carrying like plastic bags full of money. And I looked like Scarface back there with this mountain of cash.
0: And it was like in the Batman movie where the Joker was sitting on the pile of money and he. Yes, bought
1: it. that that yeah. that was that was pretty huh. much it. Wow. That was pretty much it. Yeah, and and yeah. you know that was
0: introduce a little who on about funny about sending a message
1: yeah sending a message there are a whole hell of a lot of garth Brook fans in greenville that's for damn sure and then
0: steve what was that what was the album where he was like another person did people on a chris Gaines and he was chris Gaines.
1: yeah <laughs> that that was that was about damn near career suicide so um but yeah so blockbuster Theft, ticket sales—that was pretty much it. Now we won't get into the juicy. St- Let's yeah. get into the juicy stuff now.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. So from there. So then, so then, Batman and Robin make our way to the Red Pharmacy. That
1: store. is correct. Now, yes. So yes. I experienced a lot of weird things at the Red Pharmacy store. That is the first place I've yes. ever worked where I had an employee lock somebody in at closing. That and and and. <laughs> I don't know if you remember my store was in a pretty sketchy part of town and we were like one of the we were like the only store around. that We closed at seven and everybody else was open late. So I'm sitting at home and I get this phone call from the cops or from the alarm company saying uh, the, the police have been dispatched and whatnot. And so I fly to the store and there's this poor dude with his hands up on the other side of the door
0: <laughs> cops
1: guns drawn because my assistant oh, my no. assistant manager didn't check the store and locked oh, this dude in god. when he left and I'm like oh my god and and oh, and the dude was god. like apologetic and whatnot but he was just thankful he didn't get shot and in, in that part of town, so what was was he taking a squirt? What was he? Doing? Um, he was in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. And actually, on one of our first episodes, when we were talking about crazy stuff, when I was talking about the old woman who exploded the bathroom, and there, oh, that that, that was at that store. That was at the red drugstore. <laughs> so, so the red drugstore, okay. we had a district manager, and we will his uh-huh. we will call him Jack the Blumpkin King.
0: Okay, <laughs> but you are forgetting the best part of that. Story. What? Do you remember who he? Re- Do you remember who he replaced? Do you remember the guy? Who yes. Actually hired yes. Stood and he was stooping half the pharmacists and half the female managers. Remember that? Who? V. V was. But, but, but yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: There there was some scandalous Man. shit that went down in this place. Let me tell you. Absolutely.
0: So and then V leaves and, and we get the scumbag. Of the
1: yeah. Century. So Jack the Blumpkin King was um. <laughs> he portrayed himself to be devout Jewish faith, right? And, yes. and, yes. and here's the funny thing is he, he had about as much business being a DM as I have, you know, running the government. I mean, <laughs> you know, just useless. And um, so he would come in and, and he would make these ridiculous demands. And, and the guy look, his and when you shook his hands, his hands were soft. You know what that means? He had no calluses. He never worked. All right. So.
0: Is that what that's that what the,
1: well, yeah, it, well. After we found out what he was doing later, I don't think that's what that meant at all. Um, but anyway, so oh, so boy. this dude, my run there was not all that great because the leadership was terrible, payroll was awful. I mean, it was. I was in a bad part of town. There was a lot of theft. Um, you know, we have people break into the pharmacy and shit. But anyway, so this guy would come in just giving just giving people hell all the time. And I wound up doing something that I thought was funny. Um, I had a book uh, about witchcraft <laughs> called How to Ride a Silver Broomstick, and sounds like a deal. I know, right? And so I decided yeah. to bring it to work, and I, I left it sitting on my desk in my office. So every time
0: was this during your trench coat? Day? No, trench
1: coat hadn't made it yet. That was later, okay. that was after my dark period, okay. Okay. but um. It, it, a nice he, he would come in, and every time he'd come in, we'd go to the office or whatnot, and he'd look and he'd see that, and and he'd just turn like white. It was like, it was like garlic to a vampire. He was he was terrified. He's like, "What is this?" I'm like, "I read it while I'm at lunch." Why would you read something like that? I'm like, "Cause I can. It's my lunch break. <laughs> you know, whatever." Yeah, that's definitely wild. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. um, so that would scare him off, but. You know, before I let Chris get into some of his escapades, here here's some life lessons for you folks. I want to talk about and when I turned in my notice and the awful things that I did prior to my exit <laughs> that I would not advise anybody to do.
0: Oh boy, I can't wait to hear this.
1: So mind you, (coughs) I was about 25 years old. So I was like, like I've said, when you're a young manager, you don't exactly think straight and, and, and whatnot. So the first thing I did was we had to order our ad merchandise like four to six weeks out. So you placed an order for all your ad merchandise and you didn't get it for another six weeks. Well, I decided to order enough cases of paper towels and toilet paper that it would have completely flooded and filled the entire back room. Probably. Oh, you was ahead of the time. Oh, yes. Yes. uh, Boy, (laughs) you know, that'd be something else. So I did that. And then I decided I had a pretty good staff of people. And they worked pretty hard. And this was one of those rare occasions where you could actually go into a computer system and give them a raise right there on the spot without any permission. So I gave every single employee in that building a dollar an hour raise. No, no reviews, no nothing. Just hit the button and go. Right. And I did all this like right at like the halfway part of my second week of my notice, so nobody would catch it. Yeah. And then yeah. finally. The last thing I did, my last day. Alex, I know you're familiar with like scan guns, order guns, you know, mm mm-hmm.
0: Mhm.
1: Well, yeah. I had a little bit of <clears throat> computer programming experience and I knew how to get to the root drive and I erased every single fucking one of them. <laughs> rendered them useless, could not be used.
0: Um oh. Hey, at least you gave the employees a dollar an hour rate Well, yeah, though. well, here's the
1: thing. Wow. Let me tell you how much of an asshole this DM was. All right, so I took over the store, all right, coming out of training. And, I mean, I'd only been in the store three or four weeks, and, and they had, like, these different kind of weird things. And so because of how their bonus structure worked at the time, I got the full bonus for the manager that was before me, right? It's just how the red store worked. Sorry. <laughs> I'll go back and edit that. Um, That's just how it worked. And I'll never forget, I got called to the district manager's office, and he sits me down. And, you know, rather than saying, hey, lucky you, you get this, he was just a douche. I was like, you don't deserve this. This isn't your money. So don't feel good about getting this. And I'm like, I'm not the one who writes the damn policy. Why are you being a douchebag? He's probably mad because he couldn't pocket it. He's too busy pocketing something else. (laughs) So... Uh, Chris tell us
0: tell yes, us about sir. your
1: experience at the Red store
0: they started me off as a salaried assistant manager and I don't know if you remember at the time there were basically two kinds of assistant managers there there were salaried assistants who were gonna eventually whose career path was to get a store yep and there was hourly assistants whose career path was to be an hourly assistant right and I came in, and he. I went through the training process, and he put me, the the DM that you're talking about, uh, there was just an instant dislike. It was an immediate, you know, it, there, there was never an argument. There was never, uh, you know, it, friction, but he didn't like me. Um, I thought he was weird. So mm-hmm. I became kind of the traveling salesman. You know, I would go to troubled stores and help out for three mm-hmm. months. And then when that situation was resolved, I'd go to another store for three months. And, you know, all the while, I'm kind of, you know, when I'd see him sporadically, hey, you know, uh, any idea for me getting a store? Uh, He was putting me off, you know, telling me what I wanted to hear. Oh, yeah, something's coming up, something's coming up. And kind of unlucky for him, they were coming with, Steve, did it end up being, was it two dozen stores in Six seven years, I mean, they came Who, strong. Eckerd? No, no, no. Walgreens, oh. Walgreens, Walgreens was yeah. coming, but we didn't know. Yeah,
1: they came in They came in swinging. Yeah,
0: okay. Uh. So, so Walgreens is coming, and there was some friction there between me and the DM, um, on some <clears throat> personal <clears throat> issues that I probably shouldn't get into. Damn it, uh, damn it, yeah, because that'd thicker. be
1: must see TV. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: Oh. Do you do you want me to say it out loud? Yeah, really. I mean, I, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Okay. I banged his wife. I banged his wife. Okay. That's uh, there you go. Okay. It was a Christmas party. Uh, we, Respect. There were drinks. Respect. There were drinks. Uh, okay. Anyway, so there. So there's that. Aside from the play, how you know? Aside from the, that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Um, so anyway, long story short, Walgreens is coming, but we don't know it. I get a phone call out of the blue one day from the Eckerd DM. Wants to talk to me. I go. I meet him. Super nice guy, straight shooter. Uh, we, he tells me Walgreens is coming. Uh, I need store managers because I've got people leaving for Walgreens. My all my good people are leaving. Uh, I need I need shoes to fill these stores. And so I said, you know, what am I looking at? And he promised me I'd come in as a salaried assistant. Uh, and he promised me if I wasn't a complete fuck up and didn't you know throw anything in the ocean, that I would have my own store in a year. And as it turned out, it took six months. So automatically, I'm dealing with a DM who's not a scumbag. That's always a bonus. Uh, Yeah. But I can tell you this, though, about the the red store that we're not going to the ordering mechanism they had for inventory was light years ahead of what I had just walked into. And I didn't know that. You talk about ordering something and you get it a month later. Eckerd Never knew what they had in the stockroom and they never <laughs> knew what they had at the warehouse. Just never, they never got that right.
1: Just, just to let you know, to, to make you feel a little bit better about that, we're in the year 2020, 2021, the year of our Lord, and Hobby Lobby still to this day has order books that department managers have to write. Their order quantities in, and then give them, and then really? give them to a bookkeeper who has to key them in all day long.
0: Steve, that is archaic. Yep, that, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's I don't know what their shrink numbers are, but that's crazy.
1: Yeah, it, it's. I, I don't think they. I still don't think they have an on hand inventory. Green sheet madness. That is correct. Yeah, Chris, it's green bar printer paper to give you an idea. Yes, so green bar. Green, green, green bar yes. printer paper and a green bar binder with four weeks of orders. In each department, you go line by line, writing down what you want. And then a combination of managers yep. and a bookkeeper sits in the office on order day after they do the money. And all day long, just keying those numbers in.
0: I don't know how you stay afloat. Cool. You well,
1: <laughs> they do. I mean, for the longest time, for okay. refunds. You literally, there were there were these you had, uh, refunds and uh, I don't remember what the other one was, overrides maybe, but these pink mm. and purple carbon copy pads that you had to carry with yourself so because you didn't have an itemized receipt because they didn't have a database. So when, every time somebody needed a refund, manager had to go up to sort of the register and turn a key and fill out this stupid little form
0: <laughs> and put it in the register. Now, what was the- was that for loss prevention purposes, or was that actually how you kept track of the? I inventory?
1: don't know how. I, I don't think they keep track of the inventory. It's it's a it's a dollar it's a dollar based inventory. So basically, you know, okay. they go by okay. you know how many trucks they've had <laughs> shipped in, what was the cost of merchandise on those trucks, and then they inventory you, and they back out all the sales for that time period, and then they take those two numbers, and there's your shrink basically
0: you know you talked a second you talked a second ago about how they stuck you in um, kind of a uh, sketch yep. store i didn't know until i got my own store that the sketch stores because the rent i didn't know that uh until i got my own store and i was put in a, sketch right, a store and suddenly i'm, I'm so well, so
1: you're saying you, you cut out there for a second so you were profitable is what you were saying
0: yeah even though the store was sketch like you were talking about earlier yep. uh yeah, if you look at that P&L statement, that rent, that's your big one. That's yep. your big one on that. Yeah, And, bro, I'm telling you, those sketch stores, if you're in a residential neighborhood, you're making money.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of, believe it or not, that's how Dollar Tree is. I mean, Dollar Tree doesn't, you know, they don't have a lot of profit, you know, as far as you're only making like a quarter on a dollar. But they make it up yeah. in volume, you know. And when you get in, in areas like that that are kind of sketch. Where the Mm -hmm. the income's low, those businesses Mm -hmm. do better because there's a perception that you get more for your money at a dollar store. You don't. Right. Which is, which is crazy. Hero asked a a good question. When you were working at the sketch store for Eckerds, did they set your shrink Mm go higher?
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, Back then, the tobacco products were not behind the counter. Yep. Uh, they were actually on an aisle in the middle of the store. Uh, the, you know, no one's watching it. So I had black and milds. Um, just anything a 14 year old kid would smoke to look cool walking out of my door. Uh, every, you know, every five seconds.
1: Oh, not to mention the fact that nice. pro- prophylactics were never locked up back then either.
0: Who has ever walked into a drugstore and bought the 500 count of Advil? And I know people who walk in and steal them, but I don't know anyone who's ever walked in and
1: bought one. It's true, true.
0: And, and yeah. you, may, you make okay.
1: a good point because back then when we were doing this, not to date ourselves, there was so much more of a lack of security, you know, condoms, yeah. um, you know, yeah. uh, K-Y razor. jelly, razors, yeah. cigarettes, yeah. all this stuff. It wasn't locked down. Yeah. And you go into a Dollar General yeah. in some areas now, and they got little ding doors on just a deodorant because it's it's so bad. And, right, right. you know... And the irony that all the drugstores up until, I mean, really, I think in the past five to eight years, I mean, you're working in a drugstore that's promoting health and they all sold smokes. Yep. (laughs) We did. Yeah. I mean, it. it, it that, made, that made that yeah. made no sense. I mean, it was great because if you were a smoker and, and you didn't have to go to a gas station, you just go buy a pack of cigarettes, you know, but yeah. it, the fact that, you know, you're working at a place where you got pharmacists and, you know, promoting health, you're selling cigarettes. It makes no sense yeah. whatsoever.
0: Yep. cough Steve you had, you had a show a few weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago now, uh, where you talked about that P&L statement. Yep. And bro, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the first time that I saw my employees were not employees, they were (laughs) controllable expense, Mm -hmm. and that's how they were listed. I mean, a little bit of my soul died that day because I had truly gotten in bed with an evil corporation. You know, these people work for me. They bust their ass for me. They're unloading trucks in the heat, you know, (laughs) and they're not people. They're controllable expense number
1: Exactly, and 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 that's the sad part, and and that's that's why I think that there's a lot of Karens and Kyles out there that, that you know they don't really understand how it works. They go into their favorite yeah. store, and nobody's there to wait on them hand and foot, and they want yeah. to yell at somebody. They're yelling yeah. at the wrong people. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, absolutely. Look what Best Buy just did. Came at, yeah, yep, yeah. and laid off like yeah. thousands of people, and now they're in the news yeah. complaining they can't get hire anybody. Assholes! You you just let go of half your staff. <laughs> I mean,
0: y- yeah. you're you're, you're
1: you're mad yeah. because you can't hire a bunch of part time people and pay them shit. I mean, come on. Yeah. And
0: and you're well, right. I, yeah. When I got to uh when I got to Eckerd and they gave me a store and it was in the you know pretty sketch part of the county. You know, I was lucky. I was surrounded by a residential. It really, it was it. It gave me enough payroll to unload my trucks. And run my cash registers. Yeah. And I know people in retail who would have killed for that scenario. Mm-hmm. But I was lucky enough that he put me in a sketch store, which when, you know, you drive up the first time, you're like, oh, no. You know, a year later, I'm bonusing. Yeah. I mean. It, because it's, of that P&L statement. Yeah.
1: What part of town were you in, Akers?
0: Uh. Okay. My first store was, do you know where Riverside High School is in in Greenville?
1: Uh, A little.
0: Okay. I was basically a stone's throw from Riverside High School, and I was surrounded by residential on three sides, and I had the high school a mile down the road. Right. So I was in, you know, gosh, man, you want to make money in pharmacy retail? Your farm she's got to be booming, and your farms she's not going to be booming if you're in a commercial part of town. No, and I was not, so I was booming, and I, I had no complaints until uh, uh, the DM I told you who hired me, who was who was a straight up guy. Yeah, he went to Walgreens. And oh wow, we got a new DM. We got a new DM, and he was worse. D worse than the man we were talking about a minute ago. Worse than him. Wow, oh, wow. he actually is the one who he he ran me out. I, I lasted five years. Um, but I was so burnt out by the time that I left, Steve. It was, you know, but it was because of him. I, I, I Just just briefly, the, the first thing that this guy did when he came in, he did two things right off the bat. First thing he did was he cut everybody's payroll across the board. Didn't matter if you were high-volume store or low-volume store. He cut everyone's payroll. Second thing he did was he eliminated all of the salaried assistants. Oh, wow. Every assistant became hourly, which... You know from this business, that's like taking a billboard up off the interstate and saying, hey, store manager, you're about to live your life in your store.
1: That is correct. And a lot of businesses are moving towards that right now.
0: Well, they did it back then. And, bro, I'm telling you, it killed morale. It absolutely, I mean, across the district. Now, no one has the payroll to unload their trucks and keep their registers running. Mm. I mean, that's essentially what he did. And I'm sure it made a ton of money. I don't know if it's as nice as the uh, Sears office in Chicago, but it made somebody some money.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Irish Connection asks, what was worse, big box or red pharma? Were the customers slash managers much different? Mm. Um, You know, in my experience, it really isn't about the business, to be honest with you. It's about the leadership that's in place. You know, you could work at, you know, a dollar store and have great leadership, and it'd be a decent job. Customers are going to be bad all the way across the board. I would say in the pharmacy business, you get much more heated complaints from people, and some of them are valid because you're dealing with them dealing with pharmacists who are tasked with providing them a health service and, in essence, are responsible <clears throat> for the well-being of their patients that are there you know, getting stuff. And this is another thing too. You want to talk about people not having a life and not working, Yeah, I mean, no work-life balance. Back then, our pharmacists, Chris, you remember this, they would work open to close every single day. They would get 30 minutes for lunch. They weren't allowed to leave the building. And yeah, they made good money, but there were yeah. several that if you talk to them, and you figure out how many hours they were working, they weren't making much more than your hourly assistant managers because they were literally there 14 hours a day, and they were there sick. the
0: the biggest blow-ups that I ever had, ever, with customers would be on the snow days when the store had to be open, but the pharmacists didn't come. Yep. So the people within walking distance wanted their medicine.
1: Yeah, because that that was with, with with the red store. You know what I learned was, you know, sure there's a pharmacy there, but those are two different divisions. The pay the payroll yeah. for the store itself is separate than the payroll for yeah. the yeah. pharmacy. The pharmacy right. had a totally dist- right. different district manager than the stores did. Yes. Yeah. And they yep. operated under a whole different set of rules. Uh, Chris is one hundred percent correct. Yep. If the weather was bad, they didn't have to come, or holidays. Right, there were holidays where the store yep. was open, but the pharmacies were closed, yep. and it would cause chaos yep. because there was no communication and people didn't understand. You know what they were working and what they weren't. And you know, Hero asked, "Do you get customers complaining about prices of a prescription?" I will say you got to remember this is like for me. Not, I gauge everything in around 1996 because I know that's when the kiss reunion happened. So, this was the 94, 95, 96, 97 range. Okay, <laughs> things were different back then. Um, it wasn't a runaway freight train of let's raise the prices on everything, it, it really wasn't. It, it was a different economic state back then, whereas now yeah you know back back then, yeah they would just if you told them what the price was they just took it and went on now it's like they they want to haggle yeah. you over everything, but back then there there were yeah. much less arguments about price versus i mean and this is scary the amount of times you'd have customers come up and you find out that you've got a pharmacist that's worked you know four days in a row, open to close, can barely stand Mm -hmm. and they fucked up and they put the wrong Mm -hmm. pill in somebody's bottle. I mean that happens.
0: Yeah. It does. Absolutely.
1: And, you know, it's finally, I don't remember it's it's been a while, but they finally started regulating and making sure pharmacists had coverage and they were able to take breaks. And that's why you see a lot of pharmacists leave or back then, leave places like that, go to work for grocery store pharmacies, because the grocery store pharmacies were yeah. treating their pharmacists better. They were, absolutely. It, you know, and, and they were getting some sort of work-life balance. But, man, my pharmacists for for the red place, man, I mean, we're talking, they're out there trying to give people medicine because they're sick as a dog, and they cannot miss work because there's no floating pharmacist available, and they're in there sick-as-a-dog and, and have yep. no business being there right i mean i've had a pharmacist pass yep. out i mean it's it's crazy and yeah. and even though you got two different dms neither one of them will take accountability for anything that goes wrong back yep. there yep. i mean
0: that's right
1: it, it was cool though because they had this big book back there how all the chemical compounds of everything how to make it literally these books had like how to make cocaine and heroin and shit in it <laughs> like no joke <laughs> <laughs> no joke they, they, they had nice. all, they did it was crazy um, and then you know when the pharmacies when you closed at night they had like this big cage that went around it you yeah. know right. because people right. break in to, to steal the C2's and I always wonder because you know Chris I'm sure Eckers was the same way you'd get into like C2's from couriers Yes. you, you know they'd come in with a hand truck with some totes and mess and I was like man if somebody like stuck them up yeah. or robbed them and, man, it's just a street value. I mean, because they're bringing in, like, bottles of morphine and all sorts of crazy shit. I mean, it was wild. Did I ever
0: tell you about the time I got robbed? No. No. Okay. This is when I was working at the, uh, the Red store. I was working. You remember we had regular hour stores, midnight stores, and 24-hour stores. You remember that? Yes. So one of the stores I'm working at as a, uh, a salaried assistant is the 24-hour store. And I'm working the late shift. Guy comes in with a shotgun, herds my cashier, me, and the pharmacist back to the pharmacy. And to let us know he meant business, he fired off a round into the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, you might have heard a sound that was like this. Yeah, that was the air around my butthole when <laughs> he shot that thing. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. So anyway, he wanted clonopin, which I don't know if you know. You know, that's that's a, that's a heavy duty anxiety drug. Yep. Um, so he got all of our Klonopin took off and, you know, they caught him the next day. Um, so, but the, the, the point is, you know, dude, that pharmacy, the chaos can come from that. Well,
1: and you know, I, I, I've knock on wood, I've never been robbed. Ever. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. I I almost got robbed at Blockbuster, actually. There was a car that was parked out there, and something just felt sketchy about it. It was right around Christmas time, and I called the police, and the police came, and they talked to the person, the people in the car. Next thing you know, they were getting cuffed and taken off, and and the cop came to the door and knocked her and said, you can come on out. And I'm like, so what the hell is that? Well, they had guns in the car, and the car was stolen. And so off to jail they went. And the cop was like, be glad you called. And that's really all he said, but that was enough. But that's the closest I've ever came. I've had friends that, you know, in the the dollar dollar store business. I've got one who's been robbed and, you know, at gunpoint had a gun putting her up next to her head. And then they had an incident where they had somebody go crazy in the store not too long ago and was stabbing people with pins and all. I mean, there's some crazy people out there. But where you're really screwed, Is Fun fact, the store managers don't have the keys to the pharmacy cage. They don't. Yeah. And so if the pharmacy closes an hour before you do and some.
0: Or never opens for the.
1: Right. And somebody comes in packing heat and they want every bit of Xanax is back there. You can't get in and you're dealing with an addict who's really pissed off and you got a good chance of becoming target yep, practice. Yep. That's and they, Yeah. And and that's how scary yeah. it is. You know, because
0: yep.
1: back there behind that cage, a lot of the thieves you have come in, that's what they want. You know, they want to hop that counter and just, you know, pack a basket full of every C two they can find. And either, you know, OD on it or sell it on the street. And those stores really put their managers in a really compromising position because in some cases you were a sitting duck because you couldn't, even if if you wanted to. I mean, you got somebody there putting a gun to your head saying, I need in the pharmacy. You can't get them in. Uh, Iron Maiden says, "How different is it now that they have a quick clinic in the building? Is the store manager still responsible for issues that come up? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know anybody that's still in the drugstore yeah, business.
0: I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Everyone I know got out. Um, so I, I, I don't it, know. It,
1: it's now the, that the drugstore business was one of those that you know they they worked their managers into the ground. The hours they expected yeah. you to work. And I, I did. Eckard's. Did your trucks come in in totes?"
0: There. They did.
1: I they hate did. totes. I really. Do you know I yep. still have in my possession a CVS tote? <laughs> <laughs> no. I really do. Why do you have? I that? I don't even know how that came to be, but I have one of those totes in my storage unit that I've had for twenty years. I don't. I don't even know how.
0: I? Steve, can I don't I even you, know how I got it. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I tell you a funny Eckerd story? Please do. This was one of the big blow-ups that I had with the DM shortly before my exit. Do you remember when you would get on a random truck a huge cardboard box full of I think it was Mars Brothers, but whatever, the candy yes. bars. You would get and you didn't order it. It wasn't even close to Halloween. You just got it. Was it a shipper? Uh, no, just, just just I mean, you they somebody at the warehouse got a deal. So every store got one of these things. Oh wow. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. Okay. So what am I going to do with all this? It's just chocolate. I, I, what am I going to do with this? It's, it's planogrammed items, but this is more than I would get in six months. And, and you know what I'm saying? It, just, it was just a ton. Yeah. And I'm thinking and I'm thinking and I have just no idea what I'm going to do with it. I hate having perishable stuff in my stock room because it goes out of date and it's just a loss. So that night... I got home, and I had a fight with my girlfriend. I don't even remember what it was over. But that kind of got my wheels turning a little bit in my head. So the next morning, I get to work, and I've got this idea now. call my cashier over. I said, I want you to go to the back. I want you to grab every clip strip you can get a hold of. <laughs> up. And I clip stripped that son of a bitch every three with candy bars that I did not want. I had chocolate going all up and down the <laughs> tampon aisle, Steve. It was absolutely... You, you You wouldn't have known it was the tampon aisle. You would have thought it was a chocolate That's
1: aisle. That's great. Dude, that and sounds... I, lab-
0: I labeled every bit of it. So, 69-cent candy bars over there. Steve, I sold that fucker out in a month.
1: Well, dude, no offense to anybody, but you clip-stripped them on the tampon aisle.
0: Yes. So, my DM comes in for a visit. This is the guy, me and him. We don't like each other. He's walking the aisle and he sees it. Now, this is, I'm just about a week away from being completely sold out at this point. So he's furious. You can't do this. This is sexist. You know, and my my retort was, well, does anybody else who didn't do this still have a ton of chocolate in their stockroom?
1: Ding, ding, ding.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the point is, it wasn't his idea. Yep. It was my idea. And I don't. I, I've never thought of it as sexist. I thought it was a pretty good idea, mm-hmm. you know, and I ended up selling, sold it. It didn't get tossed out of the trash can in the back and cost me money. But it was that kind of stuff, Steve, where like you really weren't managing. You were just kind of the corporate. What's the word I'm saying for the lapdog for the corporate idea. Prostitute. You know, you know how, just like you talked about merchandising a few months mm-hmm. ago. You know, I would do, I would move my merchandise around and I would move my facings so my stock room was empty because my philosophy was there is no cash register in the stock. Amen. If it's perishable, it's got to be out here where a human being can at least see it and see the price. Mm-hmm. And the tampon thing got me written up. Really? <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. That oh,
1: my God. That's boy. awful.
0: I stopped. I stick to, I stick to my guns and that every time I would go to someone's store and help with inventory, they had the big giant box of chocolate still sitting there, going out of date, and mine was well. Something. That's li- yeah. I think the dude just got pissed at you for outsmarting him. To be yep. honest, exactly, uh, Alex. This guy, this guy, he was just don't. You know, Think, just do. You know, I mean, corporate's telling me to tell you what to do, and that's what you're going to do. And I don't need you to think, because that's not what I'm paying you.
1: For. Oh, here, here's here's a red a red store story for you that flipped out um Plumpkin King. So, like I said, he tried to pretend that he was overtly religious or whatnot, and it was oh. Halloween. <laughs> I built this Halloween display. They told us build these displays. You know you know spice the place up for the holiday and i've got a picture somewhere here of it but anyway it was around the time that scream had came out and so i built this like dummy basically it looked like the character from scream it looked like a ghost face and so i had ghost face hanging from the ceiling and in one hand ghost face had a knife and in the other hand i'd taken like a rubber mask like a head and, like, shoved plastic in it mm-hmm. and whatnot to make it look like, you know, it was filled out. <laughs> and so you had this this thing hanging from the ceiling with a knife in one hand and a head in the other and all these cobwebs and shit hanging around it. Well, he was not pleased. And then it was funny. I got, like, four or five complaints to corporate <laughs> from yeah. parents who were like that's not appropriate for my children to see and I'm like well they told me the decorate is Halloween <laughs> and and old jack whew, he was not pleased and I I'll, I'll never forget cuz uh-huh. he didn't see you he didn't see it until after the complaints came in all right so he came in and he looked at me he goes what is wrong with you and I'm like I like Halloween <laughs> and uh, you know, you know. You fast forward a few years, and I got married on Halloween. So, I mean, there's no shocker there. But, yeah, I mean, there, there, yeah. That, that was some, yeah. some lunacy that went on. Now, here's something I wanted to ask you. Um, this shows how much times have changed. Now, I remember you and a friend of ours, y'all worked at Sears, right? Yeah. Now, if it's not, if I'm not mistaken, I remember having a conversation with you back then. You had went to college, and, and didn't you get a degree in teaching? I did. If I'm not mistaken, I think we had a conversation years ago, like around that time, where you guys decided to stay in retail because they were going to pay you more than it was to be a teacher.
0: To be a salaried assistant manager, I was absolutely going to make more money.
1: Yes. Man, now how how times have changed. If you knew then what you knew now.
0: Well, hey, you know,
1: that's um, right. But hey, look, you outlived Sears
0: dude i'm the death nail for these companies well I don't, I don't know i mean well look
1: well i'm telling you like what when i i did the episode about going to the sears corporate office i mean you walk in that place you understand why they went under it was it was
0: oh dude it's like it's like biltmore north it's the biltmore house of the it, yeah.
1: it, that was insane and um
0: did you ever get to go there no, I I saw pictures, but I never, well, never made the journey. Well, to that, Illinois. That, that
1: was when they still had the Sears Tower. After the Hoffman Estates came later. After that, yeah. but you know, but I would think that because was Eckerd your last retail run? You got out of it completely after this. It
0: was. I was. I would. I was so burned. He burned that DM in the corporate. Just it was set up to fail, Dave, I, I the thing that ran me off. They moved me to a brand spanking new store. Uh, I was across the street from a super Walmart with no left turn arrow to get into my parking lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had no left turn arrow to get my parking lot. I in a commercial part of town, across from a super Walmart, and my rent was $38,000 a month.
1: Good Lord.
0: I was dead. I was dead in the water. I was absolutely dead in the water because of... That P&L sheet, 38 grand a month before I paid me, pharmacist, anybody, trucks, 38 grand a month.
1: Yeah. You, there was no way you, you were going to the sink.
0: There was no well, way. Well, you know, so you can only spend so many hours there, and I was burnt. It was time to
1: go the the drugstore industry reminds me a lot of office supply business and and, and here's why because the comparisons for me I, I worked for office depot i got recruited from office depot to go to office max and i loved office max at the time office cool. max was great but and i'll never forget this I, I had to go to a corporate shindig and in shaker hots ohio which is where office max's corporate office was at the time it was funny the ceo of the company's name was michael fuhrer so they called him Der Fuhrer. Um, and a f- fun story about this <laughs> the parking lot was a huge parking lot, right? And if you were a smoker, you had to walk like 100 yards outside of the fence to smoke from the. I mean, okay. it was this ridiculous distance. And the reason being was Der Fuhrer had a JAG convertible parked okay. and somebody yeah. flipped a cigarette in his seat. <laughs> uh, so it was like.
0: Did Der hurt? Fuhrer- did you hear smoke them backwards like Nazis in movies you know do, 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 do. I don't know
1: but the but but the you arrogance know. of some of these people is crazy because we went to his office I mean he talked to us our first day there <clears throat> we went actually into his office and he you know it was a small group of us he shook our hands and he he was a fairly nice guy he was a little unhinged. I've heard stories but in his office he had two baseball caps, one was an office depot baseball cap. And one was a company nobody had really heard of, Staples. And they both had arrows through them pointed to the wall. Fast forward to now, Staples is pretty much running the show. Office Max okay. got bought by Office Depot, and they combined, and they started getting rid of the Office Max brand. And they're just going okay. down the shitter. So the comparison I look at is, you got to remember we had Eckerd's, Rite Aid and I, don't, I think Rite Aid is just about done. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's hardly any of those. Yeah, You got CVS, yeah. and like you said, Walgreens came on strong. It, it's a two-horse race right now. It's Walgreens and CVS. And it, it's it yeah. just shows you uh, the amount of money that goes behind these, these companies, that they can completely take out an industry and monopolize it. Because, I mean, like I said, Staples is pretty much... They, they rule the roost now in office supplies. And I got it. I really feel like CVS is going to be wind up being the one to run the the drugstore deal. I, I think CVS is, is is so entrenched with the federal government. They're, they're, there's no way they're going to fail. Walgreens is. So how
0: are these? How are these corporate people with their degrees and all this experience that they have running this corporation? Who in the world? Signs off on a store with thirty eight grand a month due every month in rent. Um,
1: well, (laughs) dumb ones for one thing, and but there again, that comes from arrogance as well. I mean, it's you know at that point in time they probably thought that oh nobody was going. The the best example really is is Kmart and Walmart. Basically, Sam Walton went to Kmart when Kmart was on top of the world and went directly to them and said, we're coming across the street and we're going to take you out and did, Mm -hmm. you know, you get, you get, that's probably what happened to Eckerd's. Eckerd's was going great and and they didn't think about the competition all that much and felt like they, they, you know, at that time, Eckerd had been around as a name longer than CVS because CVS, you know, bought out Revco. That's what we were used to here was Revco. And the CBS, you know, picked them up. You know, I, I think they just felt like... And, and for the most part, Eckerd stores were bigger, you know. Um, any of the big Dollar Trees you see out there, you can thank Eckerd for those. Because <laughs> those are the buildings that Dollar Tree goes into, or, or these these Eckerd's that have shut down. And I, I think it I, at the point in time, they probably thought, oh, 38000 yeah, it's a little high, but we'll, 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 we'll do okay. <laughs> They didn't have any foresight, you know, to to what the industry was going to be. So it's it's just a shame. And, uh, you know, I don't miss the drugstore business. Iron Maiden says that she hears through the grapevine that Walgreens is having distribution issues. Um, All the Walgreens in her area have almost no merchandise. I would say that that's probably a pretty bad sign. But we're not getting the whole truth on supply chain issues. And you're seeing a lot of bear stores everywhere, uh, I'll be honest with you. You go, you go into yep. a Best Buy, they're pretty bare. You go into some of these drug stores, yep. they're pretty bare. You know, there, there was a, that evergreen ship that got, like, jackknifed in the canal caused some serious shipping delays. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're being told the truth on what the actual shipping delays from China have been since COVID started. And it's affecting everything. Yeah. I mean, it's affecting everything from video game consoles, yeah. you know, consumer electronics, um, paper goods. You know, it, it's, it's a thing. So it will not surprise me to see <clears throat> CVS pull a WWE buys out WCW w move. And all of a sudden, one day we find out that CVS is buying Walgreens out.
0: It'd be a big murder. They'd have to get federal approval for that. As
1: long as there's little guys still around, <clears throat> they probably won't have to.
0: You got, you got a yeah. you got a good
1: shoplifter story, Chris?
0: If you and your friend drive up to the store and then come into the store and act like you don't know each other, we're on to you. We know yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, no, I, I chased a few, but, you know, at the end of the day, you don't know what kind of weapon they might have on you, and, and it's, it, it, my life wasn't worth, you know, the hundred count of Advil.
1: And we've talked about that before on the show. I mean, you bring up a beautiful point. I do not know what is wrong with these people that chase people out that are stealing. You might chase 30 people. It only takes one of those people to turn around and shoot you in the face. Yeah. And and, and there is nothing in any of these stores that's worth it. I mean, at all.
0: My perspective changed greatly when I had the guy put the shotgun, you know, basically in my belly at the, I yeah. told you earlier about getting robbed. Uh, Dad just kind of, you know what? Hey. I'm going home safe every night. This is, you know, they, they would replace me tomorrow if I did something stupid. And got yeah,
1: gone. and that's the sad part because so, you're in a you're a controllable expense as well.
0: I'm on the p Yeah, you're on the
1: P&L sheet under that payroll line, and if payroll gets too tight and you're making too much, they'll manufacture a reason to get rid of you to hire somebody cheaper. That's what yeah. they do. Yeah, most yeah, so definitely. I so. Yeah, I, I got out, and, you know,
0: it was, uh, it was good for my sanity that I did.
1: Do you like what you're doing
0: now? I do. I, I do I um I don't take it home with me and that's the thing you know because I I did I just I don't want to take it home with me I want to go to work and then home be separate uh,
1: and and I think that's that's the thing that's the worst part about retail especially when you're a manager especially yeah, you, managers you, absolutely you can't leave it at the store when you go home you're always going to get
0: did you ever have a thing did you ever have a scenario where you were let's say it was Christmas Eve and you had condensed it to the point where okay going home tonight and then all christmas day you're thinking about okay what's next valentine's okay so i gotta and you just didn't enjoy the every christmas. year you were thinking about
1: every yeah. year for about 25 yeah. years and, I, and i'll tell you i mean i used to be a cheerful individual many decades ago i used to like christmas but i've said before hobby lobby retail in general but hobby lobby especially ruined christmas for me when it is june that's, that's when terrible. it's june <laughs> and it's and and it's <laughs> 99,000 degrees outside and you get a phone call that you got a 52-foot semi at your back door that's loaded with Christmas trees and then you have to go unload it and then you're told, oh, by the way, you have all those Christmas trees, you know, assembled and put together by the middle of July and you've got yeah. Christmas in your yeah. face from June yeah. to February and you only get a few months yeah. reprieve. Shit, hate it. Yeah. And then then glitter. Glitter is, is I've said it before, is the herpes of the craft world. I mean, <laughs> you, you get glitter on you, it's it's over. Done.
0: You know the easiest way to tell if someone has ever been a retail store manager? The easiest way to tell? Let's hear it. Is if they absolutely despise Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. That's yep. how you know. yep that's
1: a that's like, big fan that that, that, yeah. that, uh, that that meme is true that is that that yes. song they, spam, they it. spam it all the time and you know there are so much better Christmas songs out there um but mariah Carey boy i, I can't imagine what her royalties are on that that mess boys mm-hmm. and girls we're at an hour 12 once again i want to thank Chris for being on we'll have him on again in the future
0: well thank you oh. for having me It was definitely
1: nice to meet you, Chris. Yeah, Well, yeah, you got to be nice, Alex, because he could bench press you with one hand. And me too, probably. He could probably bench press both of us. Have a good night, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Peace out.